Good evening and welcome to the Rust Belt Clansman Show right here on White Pride Radio. I'm your host, Paul Brown, and I am broadcasting from beneath the Fiery Cross on a hillside at an undisclosed location in the Rust Belt region of America. Here on the Rust Belt Clansman Show, I begin with a pro-white commentary piece, then follow up with some mainstream media news articles, and give my honest opinion on each one. So let's begin with this evening's commentary. Good evening, fellow freedom fighters, brothers and sisters, enemies of the white race. Uh, welcome to the Rust Belt Clansman Show, right here on White Pride Radio. I am your host, Paul Brown, and today is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022, and it is 7 p.m. here in the Rust Belt. Uh, I'm sure some of you wonder why some uh, evenings I greet the enemies of the white race. Uh, I'm not foolish. Uh, I know they listen. Uh, I know they hate this show. And you know the reason why they hate the Rust Belt Klansman show? Uh, it's because I deal with facts and statistics. Uh, what I tell you is truth. If I don't know it is truth, uh, I tell you it isn't truth. And we're going to start uh, this Tuesday evening off with some truth to the enemies of the white race. This evening's commentary is titled, Six Years of Black Lives Matter Killed More Blacks Than 86 Years of Lynchings. In 2014, the number of black American murder victims was 6,095. Then, after the August 2014 killing of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, anti-police protests and riots began. Federal officials and mass media sympathetic to rioters brought heightened scrutiny to police practices. Black Lives Matter began its career, broken windows, policy was curtailed, and police morale plummeted. The number of murders thereupon began to surge, never to return to 2014 levels. The excess murder victims from 2015 through 2020 who were black that is, the additional black victims each year beyond the 2014 baseline, add up to 11,005. Compare that to the number of lynchings during the heyday of Jim Crow. According to the Tuskegee Institute, the number of blacks lynched from 1882 through 1968 was 3,446. The number comes from the FBI, though the FBI report for 2020 was visible online for only a short time in 2021. Crime analysis Jeff Asher reported the 2020 figures before the FBI took the report down. One might object that 2014 is an unfairly low baseline against which to compare the ensuing years. 2014 seems a natural starting point for the analysis as that was the year of Ferguson and the founding of Black Lives Matter. But the homicide figures in 2014 represented a historic low, 
a fact that might make the excess death figures for the ensuing six years look artificially high by comparison. With the rise of stop-and-frisk policing, the number of homicides had been trending downward each year, with minor exceptions from 1992 through 2014. But even if one were to pick a more typical pre-Ferguson year, the analysis would not be much different. Take 2020, for example, or 2010, for example, the first full year of Obama's presidency, when the number of black murder victims totaled 6,470. If excess black murder victims from 2015 through 2020 were gauged against a baseline of 2010 instead of 2014, the number would be 8,755. That still vastly outstrips the 3,446 blacks killed by lynch mobs from 1882 through 1968. Another objection might concern the inclusion of 2020 in the analysis. That year saw the biggest annual increase in the number of post-Ferguson murders. The 3,818 excess murders of blacks that year alone exceeds Tuskegee's 86-year tally for lynchings of blacks. But 2020 was also the first year of the pandemic. Many commentators argue that the big jump in the homicide numbers that year had more to do with the lockdown and the government shutdown of the nation's economy than with policy choices urged by Black Lives Matter. But 2020 was also the year of George Floyd. His death in police custody trigger, triggered a wave of protests and riots more widespread and violent than those seen over the last four years before it. Only after Floyd's death did the push to defund the police departments, an idea hitherto confined to the most radical margins of public life, became a mainstay of urban Democrats. The result was not a break with the Ferguson effect, but an enlargement of it. The ensuing sanctification of Floyd and vilification of police led to a further pullback in police presence in the most troubled neighborhoods and further increase in police retirements and resignations, a Ferguson effect on steroids. The murder statistics for that year point to the politics of Floyd's death, not to the pandemic, as the cause of the 2020 surge. Before Floyd's death, the pandemic lockdown had driven crime rates not higher, but lower than the year before. Homicide was an exception in some localities, with April 2020 homicide totals in New York City and Chicago, for example, showing a slight uptick from the year before. Since 2015, Chicago had been experiencing its own local variation of the Ferguson effect, namely the ACLU effect. But after Floyd's death on May 25th, homicide surged and remained far in excess of 2019 totals for the rest of the year. Conservative writer Steve Saylor graphed the weekly gun death figures for 2020 gathered by Gun Violence Archive, which showed that the seven plus months from Floyd's death through the end of 2020 saw 50.5 murders a day a 41% increase upon the 35.7 murders per day for the corresponding period a year before. Mainstream 
sources corroborate the time of the post-Floyd surge, even if they do not comment on the obvious correlation. It is seldom easy to reliably identify the causes of social trends, but even a child can connect the dots where the increase in murders since 2014 is concerned. The communities most affected by violent crime have sent an unmistakable message through their protests, their rioting, and their pronouncements of their elected tribunes that the police practices that brought the crime rate down after 1992 must end. Democracy, alas, has worked exactly the way it is supposed to, with voters telling elected officials what to do, those officials telling the police what to do, and the police obeying. And anyone can see the results. The most puzzling question is not what caused the surge in murders, but why the people most victimized by the surge are so heavily devoted to the policies that caused it. Without the support of large majorities of black voters, the curtailment of broken windows policing and the reduction of police budgets would never have occurred. But for the decisions of black voters, most of those 11,005 excess black victims might well be alive today. Come on down. The price is always right at the American Heritage Store. We've got all your pro-white needs at reasonable prices. Tell them what we got, Bob. Okay. We've got belt buckles, hats, pins, flags, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and items too many to mention here. Go to www.kkknationaloffice.com and tap on the American Heritage Store banner and see for yourself. No mask required here. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, true patriot love in the If you're looking for a fight, you'll find it with Canada's premier voice in white nationalism, Mr. Paul Fromm, with his show, The Fighting Side of Me, every day on White Pride Radio, only on AltRightTV.com. I dare you to step into the ring. Okay, I apologize for maybe the different sound. Uh, that you are receiving now compared to when I was reading the commentary. I had to switch up some uh, uh, headphone uh, microphones. Uh, I was using a, a lighter pair. They feel a little easier on the head, but they have a, uh, a hollow sound. And uh, I've been using the ones that I am using right now for a while. Uh, but they're a little big and bulky. Uh, I'm still going old school with corded uh, material, uh, not uh, Bluetooth, uh, someday. Uh, I just may have to uh, upgrade to a Bluetooth uh, headphone, but that's why the difference in 
the sound uh, quality. Uh, this should be a little better than what the uh, commentary was. Uh, the commentary there, uh, like I said, this is one of the reasons. And, you know, I called uh, the black people enemies of the white race. Uh, it's not just black people. There are many. Uh, about the only people, well, no, you can't even say that anymore because there are uh, anti-white white people. Uh, there are white people in America, unfortunately, that feel that guilty uh, for being white that uh, they even turn uh, on their own race. Uh, so I'm not saying that black people are the only uh, uh, race or group of people uh, against us. Uh, it is many. Uh, you know, pretty much if you're not a, a, a proud patriot, you are against white people. Uh, so, you know, I we're up against a lot of enemies, but uh, I like to call out uh, uh, some of these uh, enemies on the show every now and then uh, just to pick things apart and uh, show the stupidity and give you, the listener, the actual facts. Uh, this first article I have for this evening, uh, it really irritated me uh, when I read it, uh, and then I had to get a chuckle out of it because, you know, I get so sick and tired of the ball babies crying and uh, uh, certain people uh, suggesting uh, that white people don't have answers uh, for anything. Uh, we are made to look like, uh, when confronted by an enemy, that we are cowards. Uh, far be it from us uh, to be cowards. Uh, if you listen to the uh, uh, commentary uh, last Thursday uh, that I did about Americans are being tired of being told what to do, uh, you know, we don't cower from anyone. Uh, what we do do is conquer. Uh, and the commentary from last Thursday said, you know, white people will put up with uh, so much. Now, this said Americans... Uh, uh, but what I consider an Ameri American is a white person, because uh, America was founded as a white Christian country and intended to remain a white Christian country. So just like I'm sure Africa only considers its citizens as black citizens and any other race that may be there, which <laughs> I don't know why you would be there, but uh, they don't consider them citizens, you know, second class people uh, in America today. Uh, we have third-class people. We have third-world uh, deplorables uh, invading our country. Uh, we have uh, people that are uh, not able to be educated, uh, average low IQs, uh, uncivilized. Uh, this is what we deal with. And I, I, I kind of have to uh, chuckle. You know, uh, this article, it really ticked me off at first, and then I had to chuckle about the stupidity. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to turn this around. Because, <clears throat> you know, when our enemies attack us in the media, and they try to make us look stupid or cowardly, it's, all, it's only ever one-sided, because this is, uh, you know, an article. So, uh, you know, uh, ju just like uh, on social media sites, people will call other people keyboard warriors, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, people uh, on the Internet, uh, blowhards, uh, uh, you know, they are so tough until they are called out, and, uh, you know, then they have the spine of a jellyfish. Uh, and this, uh, a lot of these articles, uh, like this one that I'm going to do, 
this is a type of being a keyboard warrior because it makes an accusation that isn't true. And we'll get into the article here because uh, what I'm going to do here, th this comes from uh, Slate Magazine. And the headline is, The Black BYU Students Asking the Questions White People Don't Want to Answer. Uh, I'll tell you what, um, I am asked many questions a day by many different people of many different races. And, you know, uh, a lot of times uh, I will receive uh, what would be considered uh, hate mail uh, with uh, asininely stupid questions. You know, people will email in and, uh, you know, uh, they will ask a question, uh, why do you hate black people? Um, apparently, uh, these people have no clue what the organization I belong to stands for. Uh, any new listeners to the show, I am a proud knight and a lifetime member of the Knights Party of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, I talk to a lot of different people. I answer a lot of different questions. Uh, I just had um, uh, uh, the other day, uh, I, I believe that was last Thursday, I got an email from someone and uh, he started off his email. He said um, uh, he just wanted to ask a few questions, uh, but he said uh, this isn't hate mail. He said because I uh, figure you people get enough hate mail as it is. And, you know, uh, I responded back and I said, uh, you know, um, you know, first of all, people, they will go to our public website, and there's a ton of information there. I mean a ton. Uh, there's a frequently asked questions section that answers just about any question somebody would need to know or would have about our organization. These people don't read the uh, website, the news, the frequently asked questions, not the news, uh, you know, uh, 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 our mission, I guess, our mission statement, and what we stand for, what our beliefs are. Uh, it's all there. It's all there, open in the public for everybody to see. Well, this gentleman, uh, uh, he said this isn't uh, hate mail. He is sure uh, we get enough hate mail. And uh, I answered him, and I said, uh, you know, uh, no. I said, we don't get uh, uh, nearly as much hate mail as we used to. I said, you know, uh, the people uh, that hated us, I said, in today's America, the things that are going on in America, and this is true, the things that are going on to an, in, in America, people out of scared desperation are turning to organizations like the one that I belong to, uh, scared stiff. Uh, now, people that are considered a few years ago haters uh, towards us, they become supporters. And some of them even members. And this is what I explained to this gentleman. It's, uh, it, we don't get uh, much hate at all. And that's what I said. I mean, it's going on in America. These are things that we have preached for years was going to happen. We preached for years where America was headed. It fell on deaf ears. We were called haters. We were called bigots. We were called racists. 
we were called white supremacists. Uh, now, all of a sudden, this is just like the conspiracy theories. Now, all of a sudden, once it's all coming true and unfolding under the noses of these people that hated us so bad, you know, some of them are scratching their heads or their behinds, and they, they have to be thinking, wow, they tried to tell us this. And the tides are turning. These people now are uh, at least uh, going to the websites, looking up organizations, seeing what they stand for, what their beliefs are. They're finally taking time to look for themselves instead of relying on mainstream media news and the Jerry Springer show of years ago of the 80s as to exactly what the Ku Klux Klan is. At least, uh, I can't speak for other uh, Ku Klux Klan organizations, but the Knights Party is far from the Ku Klux Klan that's portrayed by mainstream media and the uh, Jerry Springer shows and all of the talk shows of the 80s. You, I'm sure you've seen them. Uh, you know... Uh, People, I guess, that you could say didn't represent the Ku Klux Klan for what it really was or should have been uh, and is. So I told this gentleman, I directed him back to the uh, website and told him of all the information there. Uh, told him about the frequently asked questions section there. And I said, go through that and look. I said, but listen, if you have questions that you don't find the answer to, I said, uh, don't hesitate to email me back and ask your questions. I said, I will gladly answer your questions to the best of my knowledge. And I thanked him for his inquiry into the nation uh, I belong to, the Knights Party. I thanked him for that because uh, here was somebody that thought uh, we received nothing but hate mail. Uh, here is a person that thought that there are no other like-minded people, whether they belong to a clan organization or some other organization, or they are lone wolves on their own that see what is happening. They think that uh, uh, people like the uh, people like us uh, don't exist. Like uh, uh, one organization is hated by every single person on the planet. And uh, it isn't so, people. I'm telling you, it isn't so. People are starting to realize that what has been said for years was going to happen to America. It's happened. And to a greater magnitude than what was predicted right now. It is a greater magnitude than what anybody uh, have ever uh, imagined. But, uh, you know, people like myself for years kept saying. Uh, so anyhow... Uh, this guy, he has replied back. I'm very cordial with him. I don't know uh, what race he was. Uh, you know, even uh, if I receive email from a uh, non-white, if they are cordial, I am cordial back. If you have questions, I will answer them. Uh, so this is kind of maybe why this article here, and this article, own article uh, it may even end up taking up the whole show, but it's very important because... Uh, I will not be accused of not answering anyone's question. And look, if I don't have the answer, I will go to my leadership and ask them for the answer.
I don't tell anybody I don't know and cut them off or give somebody a half-assed answer that still leaves them uh, with no answer at all, scratching their head, you know, then they can say, well, yeah, this guy just, uh, he ran me around the bush. He wouldn't answer my question. Uh, if I'm asked a question, uh, to the best of my ability, I w if I don't have the answer, uh, 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 my leadership is more than happy to give me the answer. So uh, this article uh, uh, the, the, this group of uh, it's Brigham Young University students, and it says they're asking questions that white people don't want to answer. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, okay, uh, damn it, this is Tuesday's show. And like I said, it may take up the whole show, but this is going to be addressed. And I think what I'm going to do, because I looked it up and I got the email address for Brigham Young University, and this group of uh, people, and uh, wait till you hear the the name for this group of people. Uh, you know, right after George Floyd, uh, besides Black Lives Matter, there was another organization called the uh, NFAL, or NFAC. And what the NFAC stood for was the Not Effing Around Coalition. Gee. That's a real prominent name, isn't it? Uh, isn't that ghetto? But honest to God, that, that was the name, uh, the NFAC, uh, the Not Effing Around Coalition, which uh, it crumbled, uh, just like Black Lives Matter today is crumbling. Uh, it crumbled. Uh, that numbnuts, the leader, um, I can't remember, some Johnson guy. Uh, actually, I think he may be in prison. I think he pulled a uh, weapon on a federal agent or pointed one in his direction. Uh, but this is the type of people you're dealing with. Uh, this Johnson, the leader of this uh, uh, NFAC, uh, 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 this group of uh, blacks, he actually shot some of his own uh, people. Yes, he shot two or three of his own people. I don't know uh, if he never handled a firearm before or if he did it purposely because, like, you know, uh, uh, like the uh, commentary said, there's more black-on-black -black crime than any other crime. Uh, possible. 13% of our population causes over 50% of the crimes in America. And, and this bozo, he shot some of his own people. And just this is the type of organization this was. Now, uh, I want to get into this just to show you the type of organization this was. Uh, this NFAC in the summer of 2020, uh, they, they said that, uh, well, they led like this silent march. They didn't say anything that they were going to Stone Mountain. Uh, it was plastered all over social media that these people were going to be in Gettysburg, uh, Pennsylvania, at, I, I believe the battlefield. Uh, but what they did, they were calling out the Ku Klux Klan because uh, most people know the correlation between Stone Mountain and uh, the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, but anyhow, uh, uh, they diverted uh, uh, Ku Klux Klan members in different factions because uh, the Ku Klux Klan isn't just one big organization in America. There's, I believe, uh, there's 43 or 46, uh, the last uh, time I looked, 43 or 46 different Ku Klux Klan organizations uh, in America. And there's pop-ups uh, daily, probably. Uh, uh, they pop up, they fizzle out, they're gone. They pop up, they fizzle out, they're gone. Uh, now there are other... Uh, 
some Ku Klux Klan organizations that uh, uh, hang around for a while. Uh, the Knights Party of the Ku Klux Klan is the oldest and largest Ku Klux Klan organization in America. Uh, we have been around since 1956. And uh, uh, actually, not only a Ku Klux Klan organization, uh, the Knights Party is the largest and oldest white nationalist organization in America. So, uh, you know, uh, in my opinion, uh, uh, the Knights Party is no joke. Uh, it's, it's a tried and true uh, organization. Uh, it's been through the fire, so to say. Uh, but anyhow... Uh, uh, this NFAC uh, a group of black people uh, was telling people on social media about being in Gettysburg. Well, uh, I guess there was several uh, Ku Klux Klan organizations that went to Gettysburg to counter protest, and yet they weren't there. Uh, they were on Stone Mountain. Uh, then they were showing their videos on Stone Mountain. Uh, it showed the NFAC marching up uh, the road to, uh, uh, there on Stone Mountain. And I, I, I kid you not, uh, dressed all in black, uh, uh, some of them had real firearms. But let me tell you something. If you're going to BS somebody to make yourself look tough, take the orange nozzle off of your pellet gun, off of your uh, uh, soft, what do they call them, soft pellet uh, guns. Because that gives them away. Uh, some of these people actually did have uh, real weapons, and some of them were carrying the soft pellet guns uh, with the orange tips. Uh, so anyhow, here they go. It shows the, a video of them, uh, and probably some of my listeners saw this. I kid you not, it reminded me of the old Planet of the Apes movie. Uh, the way they were marching up, not another soul around. It was just them because they diverted everybody uh, to someplace else. But anyhow, this is just this is uh, my point is the tough talk, the keyboard warrior BS uh, that happens so many times with people. Uh, these are the enemies to our race. So anyhow, here I'm not giving these people the chance to say that white people don't answer their questions. Because I'm going to answer them tonight. And I got the email address for uh, uh, Brigham Young and the name of this uh, organization within Brigham Young. And on an upcoming Rust Belt Live show, which is the live version of this show that airs on Podbean every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, you can text into the show while it's airing where everybody can see your texts. And you can call in. Uh uh, I'll give that information at the end of the show, but I'm going to give them a chance to even call in. I'm going to answer their questions now, and I'm going to tell them in the email where they can find this show that they can't say white people won't answer their questions because I'm going to answer their damn questions this evening. And uh, also, uh, the live show, I'm taking on a uh, a co-host... Uh, he listens to the show uh, all the time. Uh, I'm not going to give his name uh, here on this show because I haven't spoke with him. Uh, as a lot of white people, uh, he was uh, booted from VK and he was also uh, booted from Facebook now. Uh, so the only uh, contact I have with him is uh, via email, and I haven't heard from him for a couple of days. Uh, uh, but uh, hopefully... 
uh, this Sunday, uh, I will have a uh, co-host uh, on the show. And I need to get with him to give him this article uh, that he can go over it. And uh, uh, nobody, uh, this uh, group of thugs isn't going to be able to say anymore. We're going to squash it. They're not going to be able to say anymore that white people won't answer their questions. Because here we go. I'm going to answer them. <coughs> the story here, the most popular TikTok on the Black Menaces page starts like this. Now, here we go. This is the name of this uh, organization at Brigham Young University. Black Menaces. Doesn't that sound ghetto? And this is a college. Maybe this is why certain people can't be educated. Instead of uh, going to college to better yourself, to get a damn job and contribute to American society, we have organizations calling themselves Black Menaces, which, it's a damn good name. But really, uh, do they think that this makes them look sophisticated? Like a serious organization, the Black Menaces? Uh, it describes, but it's not very prominent. Uh, Nate Bird, a black student at Brigham Young University, holds a microphone up to the face of one of his fellow students and asks him if he supports gay marriage. Over the course of the 44-second video, Bird and the rest of the group known as the Black Menaces, interrogate, interrogate white students and faculty about their views on marriage equality. Answers range from a simple yes to an equally simple no to obfuscation worthy of a courtroom. So here you have a group that calls themselves the Black Menaces, interrogating white students and faculty at a university. You know, in my opinion, if you don't want to go to a university to educate yourself, get the hell out. Give, make room for someone that actually wants to educate themselves. Universities aren't for little pocket gangs and ghetto trash to waste money on education. Let someone get the education that actually wants it. Uh, this is just typical of 15 minutes of fame type thing, which you all know what I'm talking about on TikTok or YouTube. Everybody is a rapper. Uh, go to where my uh, live show is, Rust Belt Live on Podbean. There are about a gazillion black religious people that consider themselves leaders that have <coughs> religious shows on there. Uh, just like YouTube. Any black person can throw on a uh, uh, a gold chain, a gold grill... And a nice watch, whether it all be fake or not, who knows, and call themselves a rapper. And, you know, they get a couple followers, and they're famous rappers. Uh, so, uh, this is, I guess, something trending on TikTok.
Uh, on last Saturday's episode of In Case You Missed It, hosts Rachelle Hampton and Madison Malone uh, Kircher spoke with two members of the Black Menaces about their newfound fame, what it's like to be a black student on uh, Brigham Young's uh, university campus, and what they hope their videos will achieve. Now, like I said, here you go, newfound fame. Uh, they got a couple hits on TikTok. Uh, some little slutty girls that think they're cool liked it. Now they're famous. Uh, this first question I'm going to answer. Uh, absolutely not. Do I, as a white man, promote, accept, or tolerate gay marriage? Um, I was taught to read. I can read my Bible. I can see and understand what God did to Sodom and Gomorrah over homosexuality. But there's your answer. So there's there's your first question answered. This cracker ain't afraid to answer your questions. And this cracker will stand behind the answers that he gives. Uh, the interview has been condensed and edited for clarity. <laughs> I'm sure it probably had to be edited for clarity. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Rachel, this is the uh, uh, question and answer part here, I guess, on this uh, famous TikTok video of the newfound black heroes called the Black Menaces that are supposed to be in college for an education, but they're living that hood life within the walls of Brigham Young University. They're famous. These people, they're famous. Uh, Rachel Hampton. Now, this is the question and answer part. This is who's asking the question, who's answering it. Uh, what are the black menaces? <laughs> I can answer that. Now, I'm, they're not even asking this question, but I can tell you what the black menaces are. It's called 13% of America's population. <laughs> That's what that is. Uh, Rachel Weaver. We are a group of black students at Brigham Young University and we are all friends. We met through the Black Student Union on campus. Nate Bird said, The TikTok account came in response to some comments that were made by a faculty member here on campus. Brad Wilcox is the name of the facility member. He's also a leader in the church. He made some comments that were racist, sexist, and xenophobic. So we took the part that was racist and we said, we got to do something about this. And we decided to make a reaction video. <laughs> uh, number one, who the hell are you to tell someone that doesn't believe in race mixing or doesn't believe in homosexuality, the two biggest sins recorded in the Bible? Who in the hell are you to tell them people they're wrong? Uh, who? Uh, Sebastian Stewart Johnson is the only one who actually created the account. 
we were all joking about it, but he actually made it happen. <laughs> wow, what production. What production that was. That takes brains to do a video on TikTok. He made it happen. I'm proud of you. Good for you. boy sport. Uh, Hampton, what does a typical Black Menace TikTok video look like? Well, it's in between the teenage hookers, the teenage prostitutes, uh, the, te uh, the black twerkers, the black preachers. It's right in between all of them. That's what it looks like. A bird. What, to, what we do is come up with a question, usually regarding a social issue or a political issue, and we'll ask Brigham Young uh, University students what their thoughts are on that issue. Well, you know what? If you're going to go up and ask somebody their thoughts, if, if it doesn't align with what you believe, who the hell are you to interrogate them and tell them that it's wrong? If you don't want to know what somebody thinks, don't ask them. This is instigating. This is what causes problems. This is what gets people hurt. Instigating. If somebody asks me my opinion on something, then I take it they want to know my opinion. You either like it, or you don't. But you will not interrogate me about it. You're not going to change my mind. Because I will come back to you, back at you, with statistics and facts. Which, the liberal-minded uh, numbnuts, that doesn't even work. They don't even understand facts and statistics. You can't get that through their heads. Uh, you know who I mean. The people that still support Biden. Uh, the people that voted for Biden. Uh, people with low IQs. You can't, uh, you can't face them with intelligence. You can't face them with a correct answer because they don't get it. Uh, Weaver, this is what he said, most of the questions have to do with black people or other BIPOC, that is uh, black indigenous people of color, communities, or queer students, or really any issue that we feel is addressing a marginalized group on Brigham Young University. Or they're about something that is more taboo in Utah or the culture of the Church of Jesus Christ. If you're not asking questions to get somebody's point of view, God forbid you would be asking people questions to educate yourself. If you was interested in educating yourself, you wouldn't have time to be doing this on campus. You would be sitting in a classroom, studying. You wouldn't be out doing this. Seriously? Who goes to college and has time to go out and interrogate people? Harass people? Uh, Madison Malone Kutchner, uh, Kircher said, How does it feel when you walk up to a student and put that microphone in their face? What's going through your head? Bird, here we go. I feel more powerful. That microphone makes him feel powerful. Uh, Brigham Young University is often a very draining place for marginalized groups. 
usually when I'm on campus, I want to leave as quickly as possible. <laughs> That's any black person in school. No, I, I won't say every black person, uh, because that, that, that would be a lie. Not every black person is afraid of education. But for the sake of this show, we'll give the statistics for uh, black menaces. The average IQ of the black race is 70, which is borderline retarded. That doesn't mean every black person is retarded, but that does mean that on average, the average black person that you run into is borderline retarded. Look at the riots of uh, 2020. They can't even peacefully protest. Look at their actions when encountered by law enforcement. They can't even be civil. They take it to a point to where the uh, uh, law enforcement has no choice but to use lethal force. So, you know, um, when you can't be educated, you can't be educated. That don't mean you go out and harass white people trying to get white people to give you an answer that you can understand or what you believe. Uh, where's the equality in that? You know, these people are supposed to be fighting for equality, but they don't even want to let anybody else have an opinion if it goes against theirs. How equals that? These people couldn't handle equality in America. These people couldn't handle being treated the way people are treated in their own country. These people could not handle equality. They're fighting for something they can't handle. Be like putting a five-year-old behind the wheel of a Camaro instead of his G.I. Joe Jeep or his or Barbie Jeep. Uh, he says, I feel more powerful. Brigham Young University is often a very draining place for marginalized groups. Usually, when I'm on campus, I want to leave as quickly as possible. But when I'm with other people who are like me, it feels that much better. Huh. You see that all the time. Uh, you see that on the streets. Uh, trying to think of the word that you would use for that. Uh, the opposite of one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, how many uh, times have you ever seen a white person attacked on the streets when it's just one, one other non-white? You don't. Or, if it is, when the non-white starts to get his ass kicked, all of his buddies jump in. So I don't doubt that he feels much better. This also brings me to a point. He feels much better around his own. Why aren't white people allowed to feel much better around their own? In nature... Things segregate. They can be of uh, kind of the same thing. Uh, for example, a squirrel and a chipmunk. Chipmunk looks like a little version of a squirrel. But they don't congregate together. They're much happier being with their own. Squirrels with squirrels and chipmunks with chick chipmunks. But they don't want segregation. See, see they, they use a lot of fancy words that equal segregation. But God forbid a white person mentioned segregation, but this is what they want. Just like the homosexuals and the non-whites in these uh, schools and colleges. They want their little safe place. Uh, 
That's called segregation. You want your own little space, your own little queer space, or your own little uh, 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 non-white space? That's called segregation. You are segregating from white people. I did a news article a while back about uh, some uh, black girls that were sitting at a table and two white uh, 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 young men sat down uh, to educate themselves. They had their computers. They went to set at this table to educate themselves. And these two black girls threw a fit because this white guy was in their black space. That's called segregation. Segregation's already naturally happening in America. Blacks are migrating to the cities. Whites are migrating, migrating out of the cities. There is a natural segregation happening in America already because each race is happy with its own people. Hence, Chinatown. Every city has their own little sections of people. There's a white section, a black section, a Hispanic section. They segregate in the cities on their own. Oh, but anyhow, he feels much better. So I just come out of his own mouth. See, reading here through your article that you don't think that you claim white people don't want to answer. I can answer your questions and give you so much more information out of what's coming out of your own mouth. Uh, he continues, when I'm walking with other lenses, and we're just prowling, looking for someone to talk to. You know, when you're looking for someone to talk to, it's not called prowling. Prowling is a crime. Prowling uh, someone is harassment. Prowling is creepy. Old dudes in a panel van prowl. Uh, it's actually a lot of fun. See, he admits harassing people, and they already said earlier in the story, I forget what uh, word he used, but it was harassment, interrogate. So here he says, this gang of black thugs interrogating people is fun to them. Uh, when we're able to ask somebody a question and watch their reaction as the gears start turning, it's pretty satisfying. I hope you're satisfied with what you're getting here from the Rust Belt Klansman. Because I find it quite satisfying to not only answer your questions, but like I just said, give you so much more information from what's coming out of your own mouth. I think, actually... I would turn around and go back in and get some education. Honest to God, I would. With some of what I've already read in this uh, article and have pointed out, I think before I would go public with this uh, thug-type mentality and make it think, uh, uh, try to make yourselves look uh, intelligent, like in an organization that may go somewhere, Educate yourself first. Uh, a lot of the students that we talk to, they have the privilege to never have to think about these things. These are issues that we have to think about or deal with on a daily basis. So being able to kickstart that process in them is pretty wonderful.
you know, it's plain and simple. If you're 13% of the population, why do you think the other 80% uh, of people would care? Seriously, why, why doesn't the 13% of the population care about uh, the population of white people in their own country, white Christian people? Why don't they care about what we have to deal with? With 13% of the population committing over 50% of crimes. Why don't they care about that? And then you have to wonder why uh, you want to say white people don't care about your race. 13% of your race commits over 50% of the crimes. There's more black-on-black -black crime than there is white-on-black, law enforcement-on-black, and other non-white-on-black combined there are still more black-on-black -black crimes. So how serious are we supposed to take the statement that black lives matter and respect an organization that calls themselves Black Lives Matter when Black Lives Matter apparently don't even matter to the blacks? The commentary. Since you're getting your answers uh, your uh, answers to your questions from this cracker here this evening, go back and read the commentary. Let that sink in. Stop harassing people and read the commentary. Because I'm giving you facts. I'm giving you things you can't argue with. Because they are facts. And facts aren't racist. The truth isn't racist. Uh, this next person, Weaver, says, sometimes it's a little scary, at least for me as a black woman, especially approaching white men. Imagine how white women feel when black men approach them. Most of them, anyhow. Imagine how they feel. Do you think a, uh, 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 a white woman isn't afraid when she's walking down the street and black uh, men start catcalling and following them around and... Uh, uh, harassing them? Do you think they aren't scared? Uh, it can be a little intimidating when asking racially charged questions. I don't know what they're going to say, and I don't know how bold they will be. Well, I'm pretty damn bold. I'll answer your questions and give you more than what you asked for. You should leave the end of this show, if you're listening, you should leave the end of this show educated, thinking about what you're learning here. Because I'm not here blowing smoke up your behind. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the facts. I'm giving you the statistics. I didn't make them up. Search for them. Instead of harassing people, educate yourself. When you don't like the statistics, look them up for yourself if you think somebody else is making them up. You know, uh, I don't take everything at face value of things that I'm told. What I don't take uh, at face value, I'll, I'll educate my, myself. I'll look it up. I'll see if it's true or not. Look up what I'm telling you here this Tuesday evening. If you think of blowing smoke. Uh, this person, Hampton, said, uh, What is it like to hear answers from your peers that essentially boil down to them not believing that certain marginalized groups deserve to be treated equally? 
Now, okay, uh, how would you feel as a black if whites were out around your college running around sticking a microphone in your face and asking, okay, uh, here, here would be a racially charged question. What was the name of your ancestor that was ever a slave here in America? Uh, what makes you think that you deserve reparations when it was your own people that sold you into slavery to begin with? Blacks were bought from black slave owners in Africa that treated them much worse than the ones in America. I'm part German and I'm part Irish. My Irish ancestors were slaves here as well. You don't hear us asking for reparations or expect free money. So how, how do you like these questions being asked to you? You know, if you truly want equality, you're not going to get it in America. This is a civilized country. You would have to, if you want equality and reparations, you need to go back to uh, uh, people like you. And he even said, so this isn't racist, that one guy said he feels much better around his own people. So uh, don't pull the race card when I'm telling you to go back to your own people if you want to feel equal. Uh, because, now here, like I said, I don't blow smoke up somebody's behind. If I don't know the answer, I'll tell you. But I do know this, I know this much, that the average IQ of the white race isn't 70. So if you want equal treatment in education, you would have to go to Africa, around your own people. If you want reparations, you would have to go back to the people that sold you, not the people that owned you. Uh, you know, if you buy a lemon of a car, if you buy a Ford vehicle from a dealership and something is wrong with that Ford, you can't do anything to the dealer that sold you this when it was a factory reject to begin with. You have to go back to the factory. So, in other words, go back to the motherland and get your reparations from the people that sold you which would be your own people. And, as well, there were black slave owners in America. Yeah, that's right. There were black slave owners in America. Another little uh, FYI, uh, uh, President Lincoln, he freed the slaves. But you know what President Lincoln wanted to do? He wanted to send all the black people back to Africa. Abraham Lincoln knew back then what it was going to amount to today. He knew. Uh, for whatever reason or another, uh, that didn't happen. But just think, if it would have, you wouldn't be able to blame Whitey for all your problems. Then whose fault would it be? Would you still be happy running around in the jungle? drinking from mud puddles, wearing a loincloth, spearing uh, whatever you could for supper. Which life would you rather have? You know, the whole idea of racism in America is BS. You know, uh, 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 I'll tell you this. If you went to a friend's house, like if I went to a friend's house and they treated me like crap, 
You think I'm going to stay there? I'll gather my belongings and leave. So by all means, if you're not happy here, leave. We can't make you equal. It's impossible. God didn't create us equal. We can't change how God created uh, the races. We can't. So your own, for true equality, you're going to have to go back home. And like I said, which life would you rather have? Talking through coconuts on a string in the jungle? Or your iPhone? Or your government phone? That American citizens tax money so kindly pays for? The food stamps that American citizens so kindly pay for? The housing that American citizens' tax dollars so kindly pay for. The health insurance that American citizens so kindly pay for. The schooling that American citizens so kindly pay for. The things we've created and invented that make your life so much easier that we invented and created. Or... The flip side of the coin, drinking from a mud puddle in a loincloth with a spear in your hand for supper. So the whole idea that you actually believe that America is racist flies right out the window because you wouldn't be here if you actually believed that. You know you have it good. You know you're treated better here than you would in the motherland. So let's get off of it. Let's get off of the race card. Let's get serious. Would you even be at a college in Africa? Would blacks uh, be in uh, pro sports like football, basketball, making uh, millions of dollars for uh, uh, playing a sport, having fun? Would they be on talk shows and TV shows, movies, making millions? in the motherland. I don't call that oppression. Uh, you have to work for uh, what you get, just as everybody else does. But that's not the case. You want it handed to you. You want to be equal to the white person that struggles and busts their ass every day to get where they are, while you're out at a group called the Black Menaces at a uh, college where you should be getting an education to get the good job like the white people does, but instead you're running around the campus harassing people, claiming white people won't answer your questions. Hmm. Uh, uh, this bird says, the thing with Brigham Young University is we already know how people think because a lot of us, we've been here for a long time. This is just the first time that it's ever been caught in 4K, so to speak. I think we're more surprised when we get the answers that are supportive or affirmative because when we ask people these questions, we expect to get wild answers. I haven't given you, given you a wild answer about anything that seems to be troubling you yet. I've come at you with facts and facts and statistics. 
You haven't got a wild answer yet, but you sure as hell got the truth. Uh, Malone Kircher says there's a common refrain among students who answer you. They tell you, oh, I can't speak to that, or I need to do more research. Do you think they're actually doing research, or do you think that's just to cover for? I don't want to tell you how I feel, because I know it's wrong. I'll tell you how I feel, because I'm not wrong. The truth is wrong. Facts are wrong. Statistics are wrong. I, what you're saying here is, you expect white people to feel guilty because you can't match them. That's what you're saying. Why should white people feel guilty of how God created them? That makes no sense. Uh, to me, uh, 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 people that have so much white guilt that they will lie uh, uh, just to appease other people, or that is a uh, uh, a trait that white people have, which is good to a point, compassion. Now, if white people would turn that compassion towards their own people, America wouldn't have a lot of the problems that it does. But just like uh, turning uh, compassion towards something that you can't help, that you can't fix, or that you can't change. You can't change God's creation. So why would you live a life of guilt for the way God created you? That's pretty much like telling God that uh, uh, you don't like how he created you. you got a problem with it. Because everybody isn't equal. In nature, everything's not equal. I don't know how you'd put it. A chain of command doesn't sound quite right, but uh, <coughs> uh, I'm sure you understand what I'm, I'm trying to say, hopefully. Uh, but like a, a chain of command, like in nature. Not all creatures are created equal. So what makes you think that uh, people would be any different. Uh, this Weaver said, I don't think they're actually going to learn about these issues because they've never researched it up to this point in their life because it hasn't affected them. And after we ask them the question, it's not going to affect them again, probably. Oh, uh, but this article affected me. Uh, I couldn't wait to do uh, this Tuesday evening show to answer your questions. Uh, because there, maybe I feel guilty because you're running around asking for questions and you're not getting the answers. So I guess somebody has to step up and give you the answers that you're looking for. Then you can't say white people don't want to answer these questions. Because you're getting them this evening, publicly. Not just written. Uh, I didn't write an article and I throw it up on the internet. <clears throat> I'm answering these questions for all to hear. This show is listened to around the world. Around the world. Many countries. Many different races. 
This isn't just the United States. Your answers are getting, your questions are being answered right here this Tuesday, May 3rd of 2022. Your answers, your questions are being answered and they're being heard worldwide. At the end of this evening, you're not going to be able to say that nobody answered your questions. Uh, the article continues here, and so I genuinely do not believe a lot of them are researching. Who cares? I'm white. I have my culture, my heritage, and my history. Why would I care about yours? I'm not you. We are not the same. We are not equal. If I wanted to learn black culture, heritage, and history, I'd go visit Africa. I'm worried about saving my own and my own white Christian country. I could care less about your culture. I have no desire to walk around listening to rap music with my pants down over my ass. That doesn't interest me. That's not my thing. Nobody stops you from doing your thing. But don't expect everybody else to want to uh, participate in your culture, heritage, or history. We don't care. Do you think that 13% of white people went to Africa? Do you think uh, 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 the natives of Africa would give a rat's ass about our culture or heritage and history? Do you, do you think they're going to change Africa for 13% of white people being in it? Are you serious? You believe that? But you expect that here in a white Christian country? That 87% of the population is going to change and cater to you? You're not treated any different. You're treated by your actions. Just like the black people that were killed by law enforcement. I haven't seen one case as to where that black person wasn't grabbing at law enforcement, trying to disarm them, either take their taser, take their firearm, or harming somebody else, an innocent person, in public, and that's how they met their demise. I don't want to hear about George Floyd. Derek Chauvin performed a, uh, uh, a tactic that he was taught in the police academy. Nobody told George Floyd to go buy a pack of cigarettes or attempt to buy a pack of cigarettes with a fake $20 bill. Nobody told George Floyd to be high on methamphetamine and fentanyl. Derek Chauvin did not hunt down George Floyd. Derek Chauvin was on the scene of a crime. I have yet to hear anybody say, uh, thank God, who knows who uh, George Floyd could have killed being high on methamphetamine and fentanyl behind the wheel of a car. I don't hear anybody talk about that. I don't hear anybody talk about the three stints he did in prison for drug sales. I don't hear anybody talk about the two home invasions he did, one on a pregnant woman. There's the research. Research it. I do. 
that's why I come to the conclusions that I have, because I did research it. I do the research. I look at the facts. I look at the statistics. So this cracker researched them. Uh, I think some of them might be thinking deeper after their video goes viral, maybe, and they'll see themselves. Uh, Malone Kircher said, I'm assuming that everyone you film consents to being filmed prior to being on camera. Uh, do you often get rebuffed? Do you walk up to students and they say, absolutely not? Uh, Bird said, uh, I'd say it's probably about 70, 30, 80, 20%. Most people will say yes, but every time we ask, we'll always get one or two no's. For the most part, people don't rebuff us. But when they do, they're not comfortable being on camera or they don't want to be filmed. Uh, hey, I'm giving her to you right here on Worldwide Radio. Worldwide Radio, baby. Let's make this go viral. Let's put the facts and statistics right in front of everybody's face. They don't want to answer their question, or they're very apprehensive, but they say yes anyway. And we're like, you can say no, we don't have to film you. But it takes us saying it once or twice, sometimes three times, for them to actually be like, oh, I can walk away? Sure, they can walk away, and there's not, there's not a damn thing you could do about it. You can't force your culture and your heritage and your history down anybody's throat. They absolutely have the right to walk away. <clears throat> but see how kind I am here at the Rust Belt Klansman? I took it upon myself to give you your answers. Ain't I kind? Uh, Malone Kircher said, and a lot of the videos I've watched, your peers will invoke doctrine from the church as to why they stand by their beliefs. Are you two members of the Church of the Latter-day Saints? Uh, Weaver said, we both are. Uh, Malone Kircher, how does that feel? What the hell is it to you how they feel as belonging to the Church of Latter-day Saints? How does that feel? How would you like that person to look at you and say, how does it feel to be a, a, in an organization as asinine uh, called Black Menaces? Do you know the light that that sheds on you being in an organization called the Black Menaces? Really? Uh, and you want respect? Uh, this bird said, uh, you have to do a lot of uh, doctrinal gymnastics to pick out the parts that are good and leave behind the parts that are flat out wrong. There's a lot of good things about the church. There's a lot of good things in every church. But there's also a lot of racism. There's a lot of homophobia. There's a lot of sexism, xenophobia. And it's unfortunate. I'll just pick one of these out of here because this is the simplest one that uh, 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 any uh, moron should be able to understand. We'll take homophobia. Have you never read about Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible and what God did to Sodom and Gomorrah? And I can assure you God did not change. The Bible clearly states that God uh, 
not only won't change, he cannot change. So the whole idea that God all of a sudden said, yeah, uh, people can be queer, that's out the window. What was God's law in biblical times is still God's law today. Look at nature. And I'm only repeating myself because uh, people listening to the show that uh, listen to the Rust Belt Klansman uh, faithfully on a regular basis, they already know these things uh, because uh, they've heard me say them before. But this is to answer your questions, uh, to try to maybe let it uh, sink in and give you something uh, to think about as to where I get my uh, uh, calculations, so to say, from. And not just on a, well, I guess it would be, well, whoever you believe created nature. Two uh, species of kind of the same sex cannot procreate. Now, if God's okay with whoever you nature, why do you think that two uh, species of the same sex can't procreate? Would be pretty intelligent to deduct from that, to deduce from that, that it isn't supposed to happen. That that goes against natural law. Not only God's law, natural law. Nature's law. This is why homosexuals pick school-aged children that are vulnerable. They're not developed. Their minds aren't developed. This this is why they pick children. This is how homosexuals have to procreate. They have to indoctrinate other people's children to keep it going, just like squirrels. If there was, uh, uh, if squirrels were prone to uh, having sex together, uh, two of the same race, two males or females. Uh, they're soon going to die off because they can't procreate. When the adults die, there ain't going to be children. And today's young children, well, throughout time, young children are vulnerable. Uh, uh, their minds are just developing, their brains. And this is why they uh, attack little kids, because they don't know any better. Think about that tonight. Uh, it's difficult navigating that, especially while being a black member of the church. You have to deal with navigating the church, but then also being a member of the church and a black person among black people who don't understand that perspective. Uh, Weaver said, whether you're a member of the church or not, I refuse to use doctrine as a reason to defend bigotry. The Bible is about race. From front to back, the Bible was about the Israelite people, the white race. The tribes were never lost. Their tracks have been traced to the shores of America, as a matter of fact. Uh, here's some information you can check out to where uh, I got my information. And... It, I went through this uh, as well. I didn't just look at this on the internet and not read it. I didn't just look at this on the internet and not research it. Uh, but if you go to uh, Google the library of Bertrand Comparet, 
He was a Christian identist preacher. He's no longer with us. I believe he died in the 80s. But all of his sermons were done in written form as well. You can go there, and any question you could possibly have is in a written sermon. You can look it up in your own Bible. Christian identists don't have some secret Bible that some old white dude set in a corner and wrote himself. You can find your answers uh, in the King James Version. It's the Bible we use. Most of us. I mean, other people use, uh, like maybe NIV or, uh, you know, a different, uh, uh, easier to read uh, Bible. Any of them work. You go through uh, the library of Bertrand Comparit, and what he tells you, he shows you right in the Bible where you can go find it. Now, I only mention the library of uh, Bertrand Comparit because that's all condensed into one thing on uh, the Internet to where you can go and any question you have, you can scroll down and find your answer very quickly. Uh, there are many uh, Christian identist preachers in America. Uh, my favorite uh, uh, that I am uh, that I listen to is uh, Pastor Thomas Robb from the Christian Revival Center in Harrison, Arkansas. Uh, his sermons are available uh, every week. At one time, you could live stream them as the sermon was going on uh, every Sunday at uh, 11 a.m. Central Time, uh, but due to being in the Ozark Mountains and uh, not a very good uh, internet uh, connection. Uh, uh, they were uh, choppy, uh, so uh, that was stopped until fiber optics go through, if they ever do, and then that will be able to be live streamed. Uh, but there are places uh, where you can hear the uh, sermon, uh, the Sunday sermon from Pastor Thomas Robb at the Christian Revival Center uh, in Harrison, Arkansas. Uh, uh, if you're interested, at the end of the show here, you can shoot me an email, and uh, I'll tell you where you can listen to those. Uh, they are posted places a few days, uh, sometimes even the day after the sermon. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to say that, oh, well, he sent us to, he told us to go look at this Bertrand Comparit, and Bertrand Comparit's a racist. Uh, this guy was a quack. I don't know where he got this from. Uh, there are many other Christian identist preachers, very good ones. Uh but like I said, um, Thomas Robb, Pastor Thomas Robb, that's only one. Uh, I name uh, Pastor Thomas Robb because I know him. Uh, I've listened to his sermons. I've learned, uh, uh, I can't even put into words uh, the things that I have learned from this man, uh, both uh, religiously and uh, uh as a man learned from a uh, great man absolutely uh this uh, uh malone kircher said what has the administrative response been like to the black menaces bird said we actually haven't gotten any response from the university so far they've been very silent so we don't know what the official stance is I mean, I know that they know who we are. <laughs> You're real famous. You're TikTok famous, and your own school doesn't even know who you are. Real famous. Maybe, now just maybe, here's a hint. Maybe, why don't you change your name to something more civilized? 
uh, why don't you come off as more civilized? Instead of interrogating people, uh, actually just ask a question. And if they don't want to answer you, don't attack them because they don't want to answer you. Maybe they don't like you. They have a right not to like you. Maybe people don't buy, like being approached by an organization that calls themselves uh, Black Menaces. Just like, you know, <coughs> many people, uh, I'm sure you as Black Menaces, wouldn't like being a approached by the Ku Klux Klan. That's intimidating. So maybe change your name. Maybe you would get a better reaction. Maybe you would become more famous, uh, not just on TikTok. Maybe think about that. Be, be more civilized at, as to your uh, approach to things. Uh, Hampton said, it is surprising that you haven't heard from the administration. Uh, Weaver said, honestly, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that Brigham Young University and the church that our school is sponsored by does not like to be painted in a negative light on the Internet on social media, in news articles. Normally, they try to control the narrative, just like you're trying to do. Just like you're trying to do. You're, the black menaces, you guys are trying to control the narrative to try to get people to spin things into the, what you want to hear. Because when you hear what people actually think, if it doesn't go along with your agenda, then you don't like it. You know, if you're going to be that closed-minded, why don't you just close up uh, the black menaces and forget about it? If you really don't want people's answers, don't ask the questions. Uh, this continues, but also it's not uh, surprising because they have no idea what to do. I know the lawyers are squirming every day trying to figure out what they can do to stop us. Uh, you know, and you know that's funny. There you are. You think that these people are actually uh, shaking in their boots, uh, consulting attorneys, worrying about they can't stop you. What it is is nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's not our problem. We can't fix it. We can't change the way God created the races. You know, it's just like a child uh, that throws a little hissy fit. The best way to stop that hissy fit is to ignore it. <coughs> That's what's happening today in America. The hissy, the record, the whole uh, reparations, the pressure, it's all old news. We're sick of hearing it. So we ignore it. We don't care. Uh, we says our first video asking people if they support gay marriage. That video skyrocketed us skyrocketed us in a way that we did not even anticipate. Uh, Hampton said, uh, what do you hope the impact of these videos is? Weaver said our church and Brigham Young University rarely make changes unless there's pressure from the outside. Then they're like, well, we have no choice. We've been putting it in the work for years. Uh, we've been trying to do things for such a long time and nothing has come of it. This feels like we're on the cusp of adding the right amount of pressure to get some real policy changes to Brigham Young University to help the uh, black indigenous people of color students be more comfortable, to have more resources, 
and also to help queer students in terms of even being allowed to hold hands on campus. They probably wanted that in Sodom and Gomorrah, too, and how'd that work out? And what you don't understand is this is a white Christian country. Uh, I don't know what you don't understand about Christianity, but here's some more facts. People that tolerate sin, it's as good as committing the sin. People that walk around and uh, say, oh, 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 these queers, that's cool as long as they're not trying to queer me up, that's a sin. That's as bad as the two queers queering up themselves for a Christian to say, oh, well, that's okay as long as they don't bother me. Or for a Christian to say, uh, oh, to each his own, love is love. That is as bad as committing the sin of homosexuality itself in God's eyes. So maybe that's why. There's your answer for that one. Plain and simple. A true Christian knows that tolerating sins of others is as good as committing the sin yourself. I kind of like when you go out and do a uh, drive-by shooting. Uh, if you're in the car, just because you're not the shooter, just because you're not the one with the finger on the trigger, the whole carload of you is in trouble when you get caught. So kind of look at it that way. I'll break it down into something maybe you understand. So you should understand that. Well, that's kind of how Christianity works. You don't have to be the sinner to be involved in the sin. And for the black menaces, when you're out doing drive-bys, you don't have to be the shooter. All you have to do is be in the car and you're in just as much trouble as the shooter because you're in the car. So kind of imagine that as like a queer bus. We ain't getting on it. Uh, Malone Karcher said, One of your videos is not a Q&A style, but it's the menaces disavowing hate speech and cyberbullying and racism of any kind. What do you say to people who claim that you are perpetrating the very things that black menaces are fighting against? Oh, this ought to be good, because you are. You're out asking for it. People aren't being racist enough, so you have to go out and poke the stick. Uh, uh, go back to uh, last Thursday's show about Americans being uh, tired of, told, don't like to be told what they're do, uh, what to do. And read that and find out what happens when you poke the, the bear with the stick too many times. People get tired of it. People look for racism. I've said this many times. I, I, I'm waiting for the day to come, and it will, where the White House is racist. The president's home will be racist because it's called the White House. Uh, maybe the Black Menace's anthem, uh, since every color in America has to have a, a national anthem now, uh, uh, maybe uh, the Rolling Stones song, Paint It Black. Maybe that could be the anthem. 
you know, nobody's being racist against you, but you have to go out around the campus and poke the uh, bear, uh, waiting for the bear to say something that you can cry racism. It's like sticking your finger in the door to slam it so it hurts. So you can get pity. Uh, there, there's no, no pity, just like a little child. There's no pity going around, so I'll stub my toe or slam my finger in the door so mommy and daddy show me some attention. Uh, this bird said, I feel like a lot of people, especially members of the church, they're very caught up in the perfectionism that our church culture has. So when anything is seen as less perfect, then it's a threat. For us to be showing that, hey, Brigham Young is not as you think it is, your experience is different than ours. I think a lot of people take issue with that. Well, of course, uh, your experience is different. Just as an experience of a white student would be in uh, the college that is predominantly black. Do you think they wouldn't have a different experience? Pull up your pants and act like a man. Everybody is uncomfortable. Do you think there aren't white people that are uncomfortable around black people? Deal with it. And like I said, if, if you uh, get in where you fit in, uh, over there's Africa. Uh, Weaver said, we don't encourage dragging of the people in our videos because these are still people. Although what they think might not be correct and might be problematic, they can still change and grow. And I hope they do. Listen, I don't have to change or grow to suit anybody but the people of my race. This is why this is white Christian America. I don't have to change and grow to like anybody. Face the facts. Not everybody likes each other. And it's not racist to say that uh, a, a people may have a problem with 13% of the population committing over 50% of the crime in our country. I wouldn't give a damn if it was purple people. I'd have a problem with that 13%. I would, if it was white people, I would have a problem with the white people. But it just so happens that the 13% of the people in America that commit over 50% of the crimes happen to be black. Is that my fault? Absolutely not. Uh, it uh, continues here. If they get a little beat up right now on the Internet, that'll help them to shape up and try again next week. Maybe this will help you shape up. Shape up and shut up. Because here I'm giving you your answers. Uh, we're about to the end of the story here. Uh, this I uh, knew this uh, show uh, would take the whole article, but I have to keep moving here because it's, we're into about an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, but I think we need to give people the opportunity to change and grow with more knowledge because a lot of people in our community grew up very sheltered and were not exposed to certain things. Sometimes this might have been the first time someone has asked them this question, and this is the first time they're formulating a response. We're trying to show the reality of what people think, not necessarily condemn people. Malone Kirchner, on a lighter note, do you guys feel like campus celebrities at this point? Here we go. 15 minutes of fame. Weaver says yes. It's a little much, if I'm going to be honest. 
before black menaces, people would stare at us. We're 0.4% of the population, and I do have awesome hair, if I do say so myself, so I never knew if people were staring at me because I'm black or because of my hair. But now we get more stares, and I think it's because of black menaces. Uh, when I'm out, not even on campus, in Utah County and Salt Lake, people go, are you from black menaces? <laughs> yeah, oh my God, you're famous. Uh, even the Rust Belt's heard of you. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're famous. Fifteen minutes of fame. This is nothing but a publicity stunt. Uh, a publicity stunt that you called out the wrong person not to answer your questions. Uh, Bird says, pretty much every day somebody will recognize us, and some people are fine with it, and other people will stare at you and make it weird. It takes something getting used to, for sure. That you're the people making it weird uh, when you walk up to somebody and interrogate them. While you should be in college to educate yourself, especially with uh, a race of such a low IQ, uh, education should be taught priority. Maybe uh, with a little bit of education, you could find a little better of a, a name for the organization, uh, maybe. Uh, Hampton said, what's your favorite reaction you've gotten so far? Uh, Weaver said, when we filmed the Would You Date Someone Who Was a Bisexual video, we met a gay student through there and someone else who was bisexual. So that was really fun because we chatted with them <coughs> for 30 minutes afterward and made a new friend. I love when I meet really cool people uh, through doing our videos. Uh, I'll add this, bisexual, uh, I, say, I, I tell my listeners this all the time uh, uh, for black menaces that maybe uh, are listening to this this evening. Uh, the transsexual, the side gender, cisgender, however you say it, uh, bisexual, those are all fancy names to sugarcoat what you really are, which is a homosexual, which God really hates and has destroyed in the past and will destroy again. Fancy names don't fix nothing. I uh, hear you mention a bisexual. That's somebody that will screw anything. That's exactly what it is. Men, women, they don't care. They'll screw anything. I would call that pretty sick. Uh, Bird said, my favorite one is of our very first videos where we went around and asked other members of the Black Student Union, hey, what's your favorite thing about Brigham Young University? And the response from pretty much all of them was, oh, the black people, us. The BSU. <laughs> that really is one of the best parts about being here is the community that we've been able to build together. Uh, Weaver said, it's my family at this point. So there we have it. Uh, you can no longer say white people won't answer your questions uh, because I took a whole show, a whole uh, hour and a half of my time to answer your questions. So, now that that's out of the road, um, my uh, uh, loyal listeners that usually uh, uh, tune in and listen to um, my news and commentary, uh, I'm sure uh, you enjoyed this as well. At least I hope you did. Uh, it was only one article, but it was a very important one because uh, this is how kind I am. Uh, some black people 
an organization of black menaces said people don't want to answer their questions. And uh, out of kindness, uh, from the heart, I dedicated this whole show, an hour and a half, to answer their questions. Uh, I will be back here on Thursday, May 5th, uh, two days from now. At 7 p.m. Eastern with a new The Rust Belt Klansman show uh, here on White Pride Radio. So uh, be sure to tune into that one. Uh, Thursday evening we will get into some news. But uh, uh, this was a, a very important uh, uh, issue here um, uh, that needed addressed because people wanted some answers. And uh, uh, the black menaces said that uh, white people didn't answer questions. And uh, uh, I think that was racist of white people to not want to answer their questions. Uh, they had questions. They needed answers. I do this on a daily basis, answer people's questions. And uh, just to show you that I am not racist, uh, here was a black organization, uh, uh, the Black Menaces, that uh, had questions. So I answered them. Um, uh, black Menaces, uh, you're welcome. I want to remind everybody about my live show, Rust Belt Live, that airs every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Podbean. Uh, simply download the Podbean app from the Google Play Store. Set up your account. Uh, all you need is a simple email address. Uh, set up your account at uh, 6.50 uh, Sunday evening, 6.50 p.m. Eastern time. Get on your Podbean app. Go to the section where the live shows, it shows all the live shows that are airing at that particular time, and look up Rust Belt Live. The profile picture is a solid black background, and it simply says Rust Belt Live in red and white lettering. Uh, tap on the show. You will hear a loop of music. Uh, the same loop of music will play through up until 7 o'clock when the show starts. Uh, Rust Belt Live, the platform is exactly like the Rust Belt Klansman here, only a live version. I start out with a commentary and uh, then get into some mainstream news articles and give my opinion on each one. Uh, you can also look me up on Facebook and VK. My name is Paul Brown. Uh, there are many there. Uh, if you, uh, uh, it is a profile picture of myself, and in the bio it says, Knights Party National Office Administration. Uh, that's me. Uh, uh, shoot me a friend request if you can't find me. Uh, you can email the Rust Belt Klansman show directly here uh, and let me know you're trying to find me, and I will send you the uh, a user uh, profile ID number uh, that will take you straight to my pro profile. The email to the Rust Belt Klansman show here, you can uh, uh, send me articles uh, for me to possibly discuss on the show, uh, suggestions, uh, you want to get something off your chest. Uh, you feel some type of way about something, uh, anything uh, you want to email, you can email. Uh, the email address is rbk311 at protonmail.com. RBK is all capital letters. That is rbk311 at protonmail.com. You can also call into the show now at area code 412-254-6226. Uh, you can leave a voice or a text message. Uh, I apologize in advance. I do not answer that phone. I simply do not have time with my other duties uh, to answer the phone 
uh, into the show. But I do promise you this. I listen to each and every voicemail. I read each and every text message. And if it is something that needs addressed, a question or something, I will absolutely uh, either call you back or text you. Uh, so, you know, if it is a, 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 like a legit question, uh, I will be sure uh, to answer that for you. Uh, my white brothers and sisters out there until Thursday, uh, till Thursday's show, stay safe, take care of each other, stand shoulder to shoulder, and if anyone has a question for you, uh, if a non-white has a question for you about what you believe, why you believe it, uh, answer that question. Uh, because many times I have found when you answer that, uh, you enlighten a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people have misconceptions about who you are, what your organization is about, and when you explain that to them, uh, many uh, understand that. It, it is really appreciated by uh, some people when you explain uh, your stances and things, why you believe this. And, uh, uh, you know, East Wilson allows you to have uh, your freedoms of religion, your freedoms of speech, and your free freedoms of thought. Uh, but, you know, many today, if you don't agree with their thoughts or opinions, uh, then automatically you're a racist. Uh, you know, you can't help people like that. Uh, you can't reach people like that. This is people, uh, people that are like that, yeah, they are too far gone uh, to be educated. So, uh, you know, you waste your time. Uh, but anyhow, uh, again, Black Menaces, you're welcome for this special show that I did just to answer your questions. As always, from the Rust Belt Klansman Show, myself, the Invisible Knight, White Power! <laughs>